I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One is Mark and John's the other. They love the holidays and the presents. It's two queens, it's two queens. Holidays Jubilee 2020. It's two queens, it's two queens. Five golden rings. Hello. Hello. Welcome to two old queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Mark, I'm so excited about our guest this week. Please let everyone know who's joining us. He's a triple threat, a writer, director, comedian. You've seen his work on Cartoon Network, DreamWorks, Nickelodeon, and he's working on the upcoming Netflix show Spirit Rangers. It's Joey Clift. Yeah. Hello. There, there <laughs> we go. Nice. I, I got to say, I've uh, I listened to the show a bunch and hearing the hello live filled me with <laughs> so much joy. <laughs> you know, well, that's all you. we can do. That's yeah. All yeah, we, yeah, we do yeah. what we can in these dark times. Right, we right, should right. say if we sound insane, we're recording this at 539 Pacific election night, November 3rd. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We're like a month ahead of time. With this. So if we sound crazy, um, that's, that's why. why. Yeah. Um, well, one of my favorite things about podcasts from 2016 is you could tell very clearly if it was recorded before or after the yes. election. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like every I feel like a bit that I did and a lot of people did on podcasts and like October 2016 was just like, yeah, when Trump is president, ha 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 ha. Uh, what fools we're not making we those were. jokes now. No, yeah, no. I'm. I've learned my lesson to uh, have no don't opinions. Yeah. yeah, don't, don't tempt the gods. Uh, well, speaking of tempting, do you find like uh, Christmas <laughs> movies? Like we're in our holidays jubilee 2020, and you're our first week of Christmas movies or holiday, whatever you prefer. Mm. Do you are Christmas holiday movies something you look go look forward to around December? Do they have uh, any special resonance for you? I would say, honestly, for a little while, I uh, in my twenties, I was a really big fan of like old school nineteen eighties hip hop, and sure. the only the only Christmas resonance for me was watching Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis music video. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much every day over on a loop throughout <laughs> December, and um, now it's like 
you know, uh, like I like Christmas, but I wouldn't necessarily say there's like one Christmas movie that holds like a huge level of like, oh, I got to watch it every year kind of resonance with me. There's not a movie that you're like, it's not Christmas if I don't watch Elf or whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's like, it's not Christmas for, it's not, yeah, it's not Elf. It's I guess it's not Christmas if I don't uh, come up with a witty tweet about Santa Claus. <laughs> Well, you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, uh, don't check my look- don't check my Twitter. It probably won't be a very good. Maybe I'll forget to tweet about Santa Claus. I don't know. That's okay too. Yeah, I don't like. I do. I used to be a person, a kid. Like when I was a kid, we used to watch a Christmas story every year, and that was before they would show it once on like USA, and that was it. Before it's, it became like a phenomenon. its own channel, right? Yeah, yeah. Because now I'm sick of it, and now like I don't want to rewatch it anymore. Like, uh, I don't also want to watch Elf again. I don't. I want to watch ones I haven't like I didn't watch in the last five years, like that yeah. or a new thing. Like I'm very excited for the upcoming Dolly Parton one, Christmas on the Square, a musical starring Ooh, uh, Christine Baranski. Wow, that interests me. <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I I would say that I'm a I'm a Dolly Parton fan, but not enough to like be up on what she's like doing recently. But I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna check that out. You check that out. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will that. be. I will have a very witty tweet about it. I'm sure. No doubt. Oh, you're also you're also like putting a high bar for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> a pun is the lowest form of wit, so maybe it'll just be a pun. <laughs> John, do you care about Christmas? Do you have one you watch every year? No, not really. I enjoy like Christmas music. And in fact, today I allowed myself to listen to some Christmas music in preparation for this podcast, really? including Christmas Time in Hollis, Queens, which is featured in this movie. It's great. Um, yeah. I mean, it is. A, oh, actually, yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even make that connection. But yeah, that's the thing. I was it is like it is yeah. it, the category of like hip hop Christmas songs. It is kind of a list of one. And it is that song. Wow, showing your privilege, John. Is that true? Um, <laughs> are there others? Please let me know. I want to hear them. I'm sure there are. Okay. I know Kanye. I forget the name of it, but I know Kanye West had one. I, uh, I like. There's a couple, but he has one called Christmas in Harlem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Gucci Mane has Saint Brick Intro. I don't know. Yin Yang Twins, Deck the Club. Um, okay. All right. I then. was actually I... uh, to to promote an old thing. I actually in. 2015 with uh, my old sketch group did a complete parody of Kanye West Yeezus where we made all of the songs about Santa Claus. (laughs) So it's instead of Kanye West thinking he's Jesus, it's Kanye West thinking he's Santa Claus. So it's like, oh, great. Instead of uh, like like instead of new slaves, it was like new sleighs. Uh, Cute. Cute. Yeah, yeah, whimsical. Uh, yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, let's see, it was uh, instead of I'm in it, it was I'm in it parentheses the chimney. <laughs> uh, my my proudest joke from that. Um, but uh, nice. yeah, I guess that Christmas for me, it's not a movie thing. It's more like what I look forward to, especially working in the entertainment industry, where like things tend mm-hmm. to slow down for a couple weeks around Christmas. It's more right. like oh, this is like the two weeks out of the year where I feel like everybody in the entertainment industry who are like kind of workaholics just have two weeks off to like be normal people. So by that, I mean like we could like casual, I could text a friend and be like, yo, you want to get lunch today? And like the answer is, yeah, yeah, it might be possible. Or like that's kind of my time where I just play a ton of video games. So it's like, it's sort of a just general relaxation. And yeah, I'll throw on some Christmas music. I'll listen to like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You and all that stuff. You like that one? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wow, like hot it. Take. I, I like it in, in the sense of it's just like I don't know. It just feels a like a Christmas song. Yeah, it's a classic. 
Sure. I think she's gonna be like how like now you hear Bing Crosby and you're like wait he did songs other than Christmas songs, you know what I mean? I think Mariah Carey. This is her. her def- I think it is like her definitive. She's go. This is what we'll think of. The first thing we think like of. Like fifty think years from now, kids will yes. be like, "Oh, she does that song." She does that. That's yeah. going to be. That's her legacy, I believe, is all I want for Christmas. Mm-hmm. She's um, like the Elvira of Christmas. Something I. Absolutely. I mean, actually, now that you think about it, like the picture of it, she's wearing like a low cut red and like. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, she has. Yeah, she's the Elvira of Christmas. That's a spot on comparison. <laughs> Thank um, you. I didn't even tweet that. Yeah. Oh, you wow. should save it. Save it for Chris. That's your. That'll be your witty December tweet. Um. Well, you know, speaking of saving Christmas, <laughs> oh, today's movie is about saving uh, a family during Christmas, you could say, or a, an office family. Um, today, we're, Joe, you brought in Die Hard, Christmas classic. John, what's the deal with Die Hard? Mark, let me tell you the deal with Die Hard. It was directed by John McTiernan. It was written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza based on the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. And Die Hard follows a New York City police detective, John McClane, who is caught up in a terrorist takeover of a Los Angeles skyscraper while visiting his estranged wife. It stars Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald Vell Johnson, Alexander Godonov, uh, William Atherton, Paul Gleason, and Supergirl's honk, Hart Bachner. Uh, premiered on July 12, 1988, was a box office success, grossing over $140 million on a budget of somewhere between $25 to $35 million. Uh, it was the 10th highest grossing film of 1988. Uh, initial reviews were mixed. Criticism was leveled at the violence plot and Willis's performance, but McTiernan's direction and Rickman's charismatic portrayal of the villain Hans Gruber were praised. The movie received four Academy Award nominations, Best Film Editing, Best Visual Effects, and Best Sound Effects Editing, which all lost to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Best Sound, <laughs> Losing to the film Bird. Uh, it's considered one of the greatest action films ever made and is also called one of the best Christmas films ever made since it takes place on Christmas Eve. It inspired a franchise that includes four sequels, Die Hard 2, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, and A Good Day to Die Hard, video games, comic books, toys, board games, clothing, and collectibles. And that is the deal with Die Hard. Wow, Joey, we asked you to bring in a holiday movie and you chose Die Hard. Why Die Hard? I, I guess that for me, I was trying to think of like the rubric of like, you know, the, the quest to discover the gayest movie. And I was like, sure. and I was like, I feel like Die Hard weirdly might score high on like the previous rubric rubric established in this show. <laughs> Is it a movie yeah. that are you like, do, are you a fan of Die Hard? Do you like? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, Die Hard was I'm like Die Hard was definitely one of those movies where for a couple of years, it was in my watch every year category. By that, I mean like mm. two or three years or something like that. <laughs> um, and you know, it's just a good action it's movie. Like, yeah, it was a brief window where I was like, I think that I was in the the early end of the like, I, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so I'll watch it on Christmas kind of thing. And then like, sure. after watching it twice, I was like, yeah, I get it. It's a Christmas movie. I don't need to like yeah. prove it to myself every <laughs> no. year. Um, I think that debate has been settled once and for all. That uh, annoying, you, obnoxious debate. What? Do, where do you land on it? It's absolutely a Christmas movie. How is it not a Christmas movie? It's set at Christmas. Do you not think it's a Christmas movie? I, I mean, ultimately, I don't care. I think Christmas <laughs> movies, though, I think tend to be very sort of like self-obsessed and they tend to be about Christmas and about like reaffirming Christmas or like Christmas is a huge plot point. And I don't think that's true of Die Hard. I think the Christmas part is more sort of background decoration. But if you want to call a Christmas movie, you go right ahead. I'm not going to yeah. stop you. 
I mean, I would say like Christmas isn't like a genre. It's just like like you can't because there are like dramatic Christmas movies. There are like comedy Christmas movies. You know what I mean? They all tend to be like Christmas action. The fact that it is on Christmas tends to be more like well, um, this has a Christmas office party, and the rest of the office cleared out. That's true, but you could have an office party. You know what I mean? Like you could you could make Die Hard not happen on Christmas, and it would not greatly affect the film itself. As opposed to like most Christmas movies, I feel like there's something essential to the story that it happens on Christmas or like this idea of like Christmas, the idea of Christmas Plays into being, the plot, being part of the plot or part of what like everyone learns or like uh, contributes more to the plot than it does. Well, you didn't bring hard. up these complaints with uh, Gremlins. Oh, <laughs> okay. my drop. I, I just want to chime in to say at... Um, at first, honestly, when I pitched this movie to Mark a few weeks ago, I was mm. full on Team Rennie of this being a Christmas movie. But then, like, I honestly have thought about it a little bit over the past couple of weeks. And okay. I'm just like, I I mean, I guess it's the same reasoning behind, like, if a movie has, like, like I'm Native American. If a movie has, like, a Native American character, does that make it a Native American movie? You know, right. it's like, right. so it's sort of like, you know, I, I think that there is some argument as to whether, like, is this a Christmas movie? What is a Christmas movie? Right. Like, mm, sure. I don't think if a movie is set around Christmas, it's definitely a Christmas movie because it is. It could just be like a setting thing. Um, right. You know, I guess that like, yeah, like it, it's like, what are Christmas movies? Are Christmas movies are about hope and family. And I guess that in that regard, it's a Christmas movie. Like, And the sure. amount of sleigh bells on the soundtrack. Yeah, the amount of Constant sleigh bells sleigh on the soundtrack. Bells. Never sure, heard sure. of so many sleigh bells on a soundtrack in a non-Christmas movie, apparently. John, yeah. what's your, uh, what what baggage are you bringing to Die Hard? <laughs> I first saw Die Hard maybe two or three years ago because I hadn't seen really? it. Really? And wow. uh, 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 former guest of the podcast, Will Hines, was like, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. So he brought it over and he forced me to watch it. Forced is a strong word. Uh, I invited him. He was allowed. <laughs> it. He was allowed I, I welcomed him into my uh, house. He um, politely requested it. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought, when I saw it then, I thought it was great. Watching it again this time, like rewatching it, like when I like called it up on HBO Max, I was like two hours and 12 minutes. That's longer than I remember it being. Um, and so rewatching it again, I also thought, I still thought it was very good, but I also thought we could cut 15 to 20 minutes from this movie and no one would care. Um, but yeah, so this is really only the second time I've seen Die Hard. How about you, Mark? What is your history with Die Hard? Well, this was a classic Rennie Brothers HBO, <laughs> recorded off HBO, saved on a VHS staple. Yeah. Where we would put this in another movie because you could get two mm. movies on one tape. Sure. Um, you could get so this three is if one you were smart. But you lose quality. So we didn't want to so lose quality. Your, so what was the other movie that was I on? Don't, it might have been like The Lost Boys or Predator or like Aliens. Like we were big into action sci-fi. Yeah. That, that was our jam. So I nice. probably seen Die Hard. 20 30 times. times I had I also remember one time in junior high school there was like some sort of like positivity like assembly where they brought all the kids <laughs> to show like hey believe in yourself and they showed a clip from they showed the clip on the roof where he jumps off with the fire hose like they showed that clip to like inspire the children <laughs> self-confidence is like, important up. yeah and honestly it got us pumped up we loved it 
Yeah, right. like, I guess so if, weird. I guess that if John McClane believed in himself enough to jump off of a building with a hastily tied fire hose, I could believe in myself to uh, right. do well on my math test. Absolutely, sure. I could stand up to a bully. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love. I think if you're a fan of action movies, like I think this to me, I think it like plays like gangbusters. Like I thought it moved oh, really absolutely. quick, and I think it just. I love that it just keeps escalating. Like it keeps the set pieces just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so I think, I don't know, I think it's a modern action classic. I think it kind of set the template for like the next 20 years of action movies. Like everything after this was Die Hard in an X, right. you know? So I think it's great. And I love that uh, Bruce Willis is like a vulnerable here. He's not a Superman. It's like what, same reasons why I like Indiana Jones is that he's not like an Arnold or a Sylvester Stallone. Like he gets hurt, he's wounded, he looks tired and exhausted. And I like all that shit. Although, and it's also, just... it's got oh, jokes. It's funny. Uh, well, what I disliked about... Um... I, I watched Die Hard 4. I have not yet seen Die Hard 5. Die Hard Same 4, here. I feel like, turned him into a Superman. Right. And, and it's they got like, CG yeah. and... Yeah. Right. Die it's Hard like, 3, I watched at the beginning of quarantine. <laughs> and that one really holds up. That one's yeah, it's fun. a blast. Die Hard with a Vengeance is great. All right, Joy. Well, let's get into it. As you may or may not know, but I believe you do, we are looking for the gayest movie ever. And we have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge this movie. So we're going to go through a, a ton of categories. And in the end, we will find its final ranking. And at one point, you are going to add a category and it will be added to the to wheel. The wheel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let me just, this is our top five or top four, actually, Christmas movies. This is where we're at for the Christmas movies. So in fourth of just the Christmas movies with a 45.92%, the grotesque, how the Grinch stole Christmas. And third Christmas movies, 47.80%, Scrooge. Second with a 56.20%, Gremlins. And our current highest rated gayest Christmas movie with a 66.49% is Meet Me in St. Louis. So if you had to predict, where do you think Die Hard's gonna end up, Joey? Um, wait, so what was the percentage of Meet Me in St. Louis again? 66.49. So I, my earnest gut reaction Please. is that it's either going to be, it's going to be like, it, it's going to be close to that. I think it's not like, maybe it'll, maybe it'll squeak into the number one spot or it'll be like between two and one, but I think it's going to be near the top. It you think Bruce meet, Willis meet is gayer than Judy Garland? I, Have you heard yeah, I, his album? <laughs> Yeah. Was it the yeah, Return, Return, of, Return of Bruno. Yeah, of course. You're right. Yeah, why'd you even ask me that? Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. He was just in Death Becomes Her, too, which That's was true. Like three years, four years after that. Mm -hmm. Death Becomes Her is a great movie. It is great. I love it. John didn't like it. Uh. All right. Our first group of categories are the canon categories. So we're going to each score these on a scale of zero to 100. Then we take the average of each. So the first category is on a scale of zero to 100, Joey, how would you rate Die Hard in actual gay characters? Uh, okay. So I think that I actually, when I was watching it, I watched it with this Rubik in mind. There is one I love character. the word Rubik that you're using. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I take <laughs> sure. this very seriously. Um, so there is that one guy that kisses Bruce Willis on yes, the cheek yes, at the party. That. Yes. Um, and in the credits, he's labeled as kissing man. So like, <laughs> though it's not like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> though it's not, I don't think that he has any lines of dialogue. Like, no, it's not stated. I feel like that was intended to be a gay character. 
because he has like Bruce John McClane as a kind of look like oh he does like a few times like Los Angeles oh boy <laughs> right oh or yeah things yeah. that now are like totally taken for granted of like no that's normal <laughs> yeah 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 it was definitely like when I watched John McClane's reaction to that character I was like oh yikes <laughs> but uh... <laughs> it's a little uh, is he being homophobic or just more yeah like, uh, he's I don't know if that was the only one I saw really I think that might be it so um, I guess that. With that character, I mean, so on a scale of one to 100, I don't know, like a 20, maybe a 20 10. for Kissing Man. <laughs> yeah, 20 for Kissing Man. Because I feel like especially, especially for an 80s movie, like that's, I don't want to call it groundbreaking because that is not groundbreaking, but it's <laughs> no. sort of like, oh, I feel like there's like, I don't know. It's like they. I yeah, do think also like in that moment, the fact that Bruce Springsteen didn't like Kick the shit. Did I say Bruce Springsteen? Sorry. The fact, it, <laughs> the fact that Bruce Willis didn't like beat the shit out of him in that moment, sort of like in 1988, was like something. Yeah, it's like Progress. oh, there's that's that's like that's very progressive in, uh, for 1988. Give him a glad award. For him to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for refraining like, from a hate crime. Wow. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's not yeah. a lot, but it was something, you know. Yeah. Sure. Like it, it felt. It's like if that if the if Die Hard came out in 2020 and had that same representation, I'd be like a five. But for 1988, like for inflation, like yeah, 20. Sure, <laughs> sure. I'll give it a Fair 15 enough. for that. Yeah, for inflation. 15. Um, I'm gonna give it a 10 for the casino. <laughs> give it an average of 15. All right, next category: drag queen inspiration. Could a drag queen watch Die Hard and come away with a whole book of ideas? I do uh, think like the iconic, I do think his look with like the degrading like tank top with like a machine gun strapped around you, like a bloody with no shoes is a pretty strong look. Yeah, but a drag queen without heels, is that a drag queen? Well, excuse me, Miss Elva Shaw. It's not everything. Has to, we can break the rules a little, can't we? <laughs> sure, we could, but I'm just saying. Flesh if you're going to say heels, maybe? A, a tank top and no heels equals a drag queen. I'm not sure that well, I can, do... can get on board with that. But you could do like red heels for his bloody feet. Thank you. Okay. Or like a little like Louis Vuitton. Like, right. Or like do some yeah. sort of glass like thing, you, do, you know? Yeah, you do like flesh tone and like paint fake, fake blood on the bottom of the heels. And that's a yeah, good sure. look. Like what would Alexander okay. McQueen do? You know, think like that. Yeah, I feel like there's that. And I feel like there's a couple of, though there are, I think, two or three woman characters with dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that I think that two of them have like very are very shoulder patty and there's, of, a, like, there's shoulder like, pads were definitely a conversation in pre-production with this movie. There's yeah, like a lot of the guys had a like, for that. <laughs> there was like a lot of like the suits were very tailored. There was a uh, yeah. Well this is like the era of like the power suit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do so, think Holly Gennaro is like a look. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, Bonnie Bedelia. Yes, I was referring to her by her uh, chosen name. Um, <laughs> her <character>. <laughs> <laughs> so... And I did like the, her pregnant like uh, secretary with like in that gray like oh yeah yeah jersey material with that giant like mm -hmm. um, Christmas like it looked like a like pinwheel a kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was huge. Right. So Parities to the gods. <laughs> so I, I guess if I were to put it on one to one hundred for potential drag inspiration. I mean, it's still pretty low, but I would say like 35. 35. Yeah. I did Google drag queen. I did diehard drag queen mm -hmm. inspiration. Nothing. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I got all R.I.P. Chi Chi Devane. Uh, so I will give it a 15. 
15. Um, I think I'm going to go 35 as well, because I do think there it is like the John McClane diehard look is an iconic look. Yeah, it's like if I was at a drag show and a character and, and like a drag queen came out dressed like John McClane from Die Hard, I would be, I would cheer. I would be excited. That'd be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our next, oh, given an average of 28.33, in case I didn't say that already, 8.33 points higher than Pieces of April. Eat shit, April. All right. The next category, gay icons. How is Die Hard rating gay icons? Well, there is Bonnie Bedelia. Who okay. doesn't love her in Heart Like a Wheel? Okay, so... iconic though. Iconic though. Parenthood, the TV show. Yeah. So, uh, again, iconic. I'm saying she's not a hundred. She's not Cher, sure. but she's not zero. So I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a walk here. So Let's like, so it. follow follow me. Um. Uh. So I feel like Snape from Harry Potter has weirdly become kind of a gay icon. Alan Rickman plays the role of Snape, and he also plays the role of Hans Gruber. So it's like. I, like, I feel like he's not, you know, he's not like, he's not Dolly partner quite to that level, but it's like, I would, Certainly. I feel like Alan Rickman deserves a couple of points. Also maybe for like Galaxy Quest too. That's like a very sure. yeah. loved performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Snape is like a scenery chewer. A he's a lesser <laughs> Ursula, definitely. Yeah. Lesser Ursula. <laughs> um. Yeah, is he a gay icon? I guess a little. He's not not a gay icon, I think. He's yeah. definitely an icon. I think gay, John, gay people think? wouldn't kick him out of a brunch, but I don't think sure. people are like, yes, Rickman, come through. <laughs> yeah, Alan Rickman, yes. <laughs> I do feel like he yes, belongs to everybody. Snape. You know, yeah. like he's just kind of universally adored. Exactly. Same thing with like a Reginald Vale Johnson or like a, even like a Bruce Willis who you're like, yeah, I mean like, Sure, I enjoyed looking at Bruce Willis in that tank top, but is he a gay icon? I don't know. I don't think anyone's making that case what's that a, Bruce wait, Willis what, is a gay icon. Wait, what's the soundtrack for the movie? Are there any gay icons in the soundtrack? Does that count? Um, it could count, sure. Sure. I just <laughs> don't I have quietly, that off the top as of I my quietly head. Google, Google Die Hard soundtrack. Uh, Let's see. Uh, we got Stevie Wonder, not a gay icon. Not a gay icon. Gene Kelly, singing in the rain. Okay. Yeah. That's a uh, sure. Like yeah, I feel like I don't gay know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're stretching. I mean, I feel like gay icons is like, like thirty. Thirty. I'm gonna go. Uh, have you ever seen Heart Like a Wheel, John? I have not seen the Heart Shirley like Muldani story. She no. plays the first female drag racer. Oh wow! Uh, I'll it give it an up. eighteen for uh, gay icon. Eighteen. Uh, I'm gonna give it a fifteen for gay icon. Give it an <laughs> average of twenty-one, which is sixteen points higher than Midsummer. Okay, okay. not bad. All right, the next category. Actually, I'm gonna lower that. Here in your scores, now I've got cold feet. I'm gonna lower it to twenty-five. Twenty-five. <laughs> you can don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Remember, Joey, none of this yeah. matters. <laughs> Remember, democracy okay. is in the balance right now as we speak. None of this. <laughs> yeah, the democracy of whether Die Hard is the gayest movie. <laughs> the people we are, and I guess we're the electoral college. Yeah. So, mm. all right. The next category the male gaze. How horny is the camera for the male form? Oh, I mean, I'm gonna say 100. Like 100. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, like all those shots of Bruce Willis in the tank top. Also, just like like the amount of like not just 
foot shots, but iconic foot shots in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's almost Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, and there, there is female nudity in this movie, but it's like brushed aside. You it's barely like, see it. It's you like, it's you like miss whip it. away. Yeah, yeah. It's like whip away and like let's see more shots of John McClane, Bruce Willis in that tank top, very sweaty. It's almost as if the cameraman was me. As soon as you see a naked woman, whoop, nope. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, anyway, like, oh, let's get out of here. What's going She's on got a father. Wall. Right. She yeah. doesn't, we don't have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, daughter. But look at this, Bruce Willis. That's the son of Bruno. Yum, yum. <laughs> I also, there's one shot where the guy, I think his name's Tony, he's like the blonde guy with the glasses wearing like gray sweatpants, hello, where the camera's hello. like following him when he's looking for Bruce Willis and you get a great shot of his ass. Yeah, so okay. like, I, I, like I do, I think that like to me, this is the one where the movie is gonna like, you know, it didn't get a lot of ground in the previous categories, but I feel like male gaze, it's like, that's yeah. where it's earning its ground back. Sure. And I guess they hired like all the henchmen are like, they're all over six feet tall. They're over six feet tall. Oh yeah, they're yeah. all models. They're all like European Dancers. models. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what do we think for the male gaze? I mean, and Bruce Willis's clothes are degrading the entire time. And also, we got to say it, this movie does show a lot of shaft. Okay. Wait, really? <laughs> elevator shaft. He means elevator oh, right. shaft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, oh, I mean, maybe. I is there like... a scene where Bruce Willis was at a urinal and we sort of had a side shot? Yeah. yeah, was there a scene where Bruce Willis killed a terrorist with his dick? <laughs> yeah. He died hard. Die harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, die hard. That's why die hard. I get, now I get it. So what yeah, do you want to give us for the male gaze? I'm still saying I'm 100. I'm 100. Still 100 on this. I think yes, Bruce Willis, but there's never even like a gratuitous like, oh yeah, like he like he takes a shot. You know what I mean? Like you could go farther. We could push this a little farther. So I'm gonna give it a 78. 78. Uh, I'm gonna go 83 because I do like the choice that they he didn't find. Like I feel like a more uh, insecure director would find a way to quickly he find another shirt or something. You know what I mean? Like right, yeah, as yeah. soon as the tank top was, but I like that he just gets getting more vulnerable as the stakes get higher. What a True. perfect film. Um, give it huh. an average of 87, which is 17 points higher than Death Becomes Her. Okay. Yay. Another Bruce. <laughs> All right, next category. Entrances with pizzazz. I mean, uh, there's quite a few in this. There are a bunch. I think that truck of the villains just like backing into so the floating fun. dock and opening up. And it's just like, here we are, boys. Let's say John McTiernan, he's like a total like psychopath, I believe, and spent time in jail for embezzling or some sort of fraud. He's like a lunatic, but knows how to make a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now, now that you mention it, like Alan Rickman's entrance, like it feels core, like it feels choreographed. It feels it's, like all oh, the hundred percent. That's a musical. The day number. before, right? The day before, we're just like, okay, you'll go left, you'll go left, you'll go yes. right, and then I'll come out through the center. Yes. Okay, let's um, just run this once. And a five, six, seven, yeah, five, eight, six, seven, walk. eight, left, walk, walk, uh, and uh, intense walk through the middle. Um, yeah, there's that. There's uh, like you know, I definitely feel like the limo driver crashing his limo through the um. Through the, the, the wall, through the uh, through the ambulance, as well as out of the parking garage, I feel like he crashes through a wall. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, and then you know, I know that this is like technically the reverse of this category, but I really do feel like the end of the movie when uh, Bruce Willis and his wife get into the crashed limo and they drive off to her house to fuck or whatever. <laughs> sure. Like I feel like that's an exit with pizzazz for sure. There's a lot sure, of pizzazz 100%. in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could have called a taxi, but they were like, no, the bus is. We got limo. Argyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's also, still the on body, the clock. 
that yeah. body dropping onto Al's car. That's yeah. an entrance with his ass. <laughs> you notice that person entering. Yeah. Whoa. That's changes the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also thought uh, when you see Tony in the elevator with the ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. That's a real moment. Yeah. Yeah. That True. was good. Someone that even screams. Um, there's also the, um, uh, I forget the character's name, but when the guy like, uh, when the two guys come in to shoot the security guard when they first enter Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, right. That's it's great. Like, they're like dancing and spinning oh, and yeah. they like shoot the guy and then jump over the thing. And it's like, that's filled with pizzazz. That's true. <laughs> right. Another choreographed number. Yeah. These also, are very dancey terrorists. The safe opening is like kind of an entrance, like seeing the inside oh, of the safe where they play Ode to Joy is like crescendoing. Mm-hmm. It's just like feels like such a triumph. Um. So what do you, we... Also, Carl at the end, when you think oh, he's yeah, that's dead, an entrance with pizzazz. He, like, takes the cloak off, and he's been alive the whole time, and he has like the machine gun, and then, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah, I'm gonna say so. Okay, so originally, I thought that this was gonna be a little bit lower. Like I was thinking it was gonna be like you know like forty, fifty. But honestly, you've reminded me of even more entrances with pizzazz. So like, I'm gonna say seventy on that. That's my life's work, reminding people of entrances with possession. <laughs> and you're very good at it. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually going to say 75, because I feel like all those entrances we talked about are really like solid, yeah. iconic, great entrances. 75. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, a 90. I mean, this is what. Wow. Okay. Actually, 95, now that I think about what? it. What? Wait, yeah, I'm going to bump mine up to 75, too. <laughs> All right, John's going to accuse me of being a bully, but no. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, giving an average of 81.67, which is about 20 points higher than in terms of endearment. Yeah. All right. All right, the next category, strident women. Um, so strident women. I mean, his wife is very strident. Bonnie Bedelia. She like yeah. sasses those, you know, these these uh, hostage people, these criminals. Terrorists. You know what I mean? Well, they they they're not terrorists, but maybe they are. But I also but think that the end credits they're labeled terrorists. Oh, they're labeled as terrorists. Yeah, she's sassy to them. I also think the woman at the call center when Loved Bruce her. Great, when yeah. Bruce Willis is first like, all right, <laughs> yes. fine. Uh, she was real strident. Like I feel like there are once again maybe four woman characters Maybe. in this movie yeah. with lines uh one of them being the housekeeper i feel like the housekeeper is the only not strident women in this for sure so like so you know if you were to put it into like you know law of averages 75 percent of the women in this movie are very strident <laughs> there you go yeah i'll um, go also holly punches thornburg at the end that was fun oh, that oh was fun. yeah that was good what did you give it joey i'm sorry so I would say, I think that 75% of the women in this movie are strident, but I would say that the stridentness of uh, specifically Bruce Willis's wife and the woman at the call center put me up to like, I'm going to say 80. I'm going to say 80%. 80. I'm going to go 73. 73. Um, I think it is just those two, but unfortunately for me, they're not in the movie enough. Fair. So I'm going to give it a 60. Giving ah, it an average that. of 71, tying it with Midsommar. Okay. There we go. All right, next category. I might make up some points here. Macabre. How macabre is Die Hard? Uh, I mean, it says die in the title. <laughs> <laughs> There's How murder twisted. at a company Christmas party. How could you get yeah. more macabre than that? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the 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 cover of the poster cover is a building exploding. <laughs> yes. There is a more innocent time. 
That's true. It is yeah, like uh, so. Uh, I love somehow like just seeing the all this like there's all the cl close ups of like the squibs exploding in people's legs. Yeah, that's it's super like gory. A, it's super gory, but I love it. Yeah, there's a, it's like everybody that dies in that movie, you're like, oh, they did. Like, there's no there's no question. Then there's also the end, the terrorist who comes up at the end with the big gun. He's like covered in blood. I think that he also yes. gets choked out at some point. A guy gets thrown out of a window and lands on a car. Um, there's also a lot of like gallows humor, which I would consider true. macabre, especially from like um, Dwayne. Like, we're going to need more FBI guys. I hope that wasn't one of the hostages. Right. Yeah, it is a very dark. Yeah, it is a very dark movie. I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you guys think in terms of macabre rating? I mean, to me, overall, it still feels like fun, like summer entertainment. You know, like it doesn't yeah. it's not like a heavy movie. It's like but it, there are like dark, fucked up jokes, which I think to me, and it's like it is pretty violent. So I think it's not yeah. not macabre. That's some more. It's on the 50 percent end, the high 50 percent. I would the, of macabreness. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a Tim Burton movie where you're like, it's not, you know, like the, the world it's that ghoulish, it's set in or... isn't of itself is not ghoulish. It's very cocaine fueled, but it's not, I would not <laughs> right, necessarily right. macabre. Wait, yeah, is cocaine macabre? What's the, because if the cocaine, if like... cocaine's macabre, then this is, this is a pretty macabre movie. Well, if that is, I don't think if that it's is too mad. fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's too much of an I feel upper. like a downer, a downers have to be, or more macabre, right? Or some sort of like right. psych, uh, psych a psychotropic, like psychotropic, acid or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do feel like I feel like him walking barefoot on broken glass and then sitting True. in Annie a Lennox bathroom. Song. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, him doing Nothing that. More and him, sitting, that. <laughs> him sitting in a bathroom and pulling She's glass out of his feet. Like that's like that feels pretty macabre. Right. And he's like getting beat yeah. up. He's tired. He's exhausted. Taking hostages. There's I'm also just... like an indoor waterfall in this building. Disgusting. Right. <laughs> Actually, you think yeah, that's that macabre? Pretty it's, it's pretty dark. Water, it's pretty it's dark. An, an indoor waterfall in this movie that's on like the 30th, 30th floor. floor. <laughs> Seems so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. How is that not going to leak? Maybe you guys have too much money. This has got to crash at some point. Yeah. Like the economy can't sustain this. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so what do you want to give from macabre, this Joey? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say for macabre, like I want it to be higher, but I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say like 67. 67. Yeah, I'm going to say 62. 62. Uh, I'm going to go 70, 70, just right on 70. Right. Giving an average of 66.33. All right, this next category, I think you're going to make up a lot of points here. Dramatic lighting. Oh, yes. There's a ton of it. Very dramatic. If you like lens flares, this is the movie for you. <laughs> There's you a lot like, of light uh, necessary smoke. This is for you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's like the entire sequence of him like crawling through the air vent, like lit by uh, lit by a lighter. That's like right. very dramatic lighting. The there's a lot of lighting and the light I, spilling on them. You know? Yeah, I there's a lighting effect. I'm sure they just called blinds lighting because there were so many lights, especially in the beginning, where it was just like through the you just saw like the shadows of blinds off of everyone's faces, and it was very like that's how you knew the sun was going down. That's true. Yeah, I now that I think about it, <laughs> other than the uh, inside the airplane shot at the start of the movie, I believe that every shot in this movie is dramatically lit. <laughs> There's a lot. I would it. believe that, yeah. Or it's like that, or the 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 shot where they're uh, where like uh, they're at home calling the kids. It's like those sure. don't feel particularly dramatically lit. But I would say right. that like 
uh, the vast majority of shots in this movie are dramatically lit. Once red, Nak- even the outside Nakatomi Plaza with like Where the spotlights, floodlights, you know? yeah. yeah, and all the explosions and the fires and the yeah. There's a ton. Yeah, of like that's a whole sequence of like, of like John McClane trying to shoot or uh, the terrorists trying to shoot out the spotlights, yeah. like mm-hmm. um, everything in the limo is dramatically lit because it's a limo. Like there you go. Sure. Yeah, setting like a mood. The, like the camera, uh, the the computer screen when they, when the guy's hacking into the vault is dramatically really just every shot of Hans Gruber is dramatically lit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Him like getting thrown, him falling out of the window and like it's shot down is it's just like yeah. I mean, I mean I would honestly say like ninety. 90- because it's like 93% of the shots in this movie, probably more than that, are dramatically lit. <laughs> I think that math checks out. 93. I'll give it an 86. Wow, John's bias shining through like a <laughs> LAPD spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a 95. I think it's pretty great. Nice. Um, give an average of 91.33, which is point thirty three points higher than Edward Scissorhands. Wow. Okay. wow. Not too shabby. <laughs> Mm. All right, our next yeah. category. Take that, Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like biting his like spider-shaped pillow right now. <laughs> <laughs> the next category, vibrato. I would rate the vibrato. So, and in this category, in addition to literal vibrato, I mean, anytime they take a moment to give you something extra and they sort of zhuzh it up and give more than maybe it needs, but you'll like it. Um, but I would say this movie is super vibrato. Yes. In that way. We're having fun. Like even like Alan Rickman like listed like when he, the first time like they've got all them as hostages and he's just like marching through the crowd and like listing off their resumes. Like that's so <laughs> yeah, that's like absurd. Um, the fact that there are two Agent Johnsons from the FBI like that just feels like a very like fun silly vibrato-y moment. You know yeah, that, that resume was one person though. He's not listing all those guys' resume. He's listing the one. Yeah, but person, still, like, still, going he's down listing like, like what a, colleges oh, yeah. they went to. Um, I mean, to me, so we're are we, we're defining a vibrato as also just generally being extra, extraness. Right? Yeah, yeah. So to me, I feel like this gets a 100 in vibrato, literally, like just from the moment where Bruce Willis kills the first terrorist and then looks at his dead body and then <laughs> looks at a Santa hat and then <laughs> smiles and laughs to himself. And then the next thing that we see is he dressed this dead body like Santa Claus and wrote, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 and sent him down the elevator. That is the most extra thing that you could do in a stressful situation. Like he might be a sociopath. Oh yeah, 100%, no question. He is not well as a person. Yeah. It's also like he probably could have figured out a way to get across that floor without walking in that broken glass. A martyr, uh, bit of a martyr situation, maybe. Yeah, a bit of a martyr situation. So yeah, like this is a hundred, <laughs> just from like that him being a sociopath moment alone, and then all the other stuff in this movie that's very, very extra. <laughs> Fair enough, a hundred. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty like extra movie. Uh, but I think like it's it's uh, pow- power or like it's the reason why it's so popular is because it's it's so expert at that. Like it does such a good job of each of those moments. So I will give it a. Because there's not any actual singing, I'll give it a 97. What are you talking about? There's like ho ho ho. There's a let let it snow. Ho let ho it snow. ho. You know, yeah, but ho, no ho, character ho. within the movie. They just play a song where someone sings. No one in the movie. Doesn't, Doesn't Alan there's not like a thing in the there's, elevator. There's not like yeah, a karaoke like part of this hollow at their company hollow holiday party. That would make it less extra. That would make it more basic to me if they had. Oh, that. okay. Well, right. and let that reflect in your score. <laughs> what are you giving it, John? <laughs> Is it 97? Oh, 97. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I'm gonna give this a 90. <laughs> I think it's it's vibrato, but I also think it's not. Uh, I don't know. I like this heightened action reality of the 80s. I want to go back to it. I think camp is coming back in a big way in 2021, but that's just my theory. All right, Fingers next crossed. category: footwork. I mean, how would you rate I the mean, footwork yeah, in Die Hard? Yeah, iconic. Mean, it's yeah, constant. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look at all the shots of his feet. There's a lot of footwork in this movie. <laughs> It's so much action choreography, so much like fighting, like I literally mean, also, trying to kick in the window on the fire hose with the spearing blood on the window. Yeah, I mean, we've also talked about, I mean, the uh, just like the sheer choreography of the terrorists' movements. Like they right. had a week before this when they were like when they were going, like they went over the blueprint of the building and figured out the terrorist plan immediately, and they were like, okay, now we need to figure out our dance steps: five, six, seven, <laughs> eight. <laughs> Okay, like let's take it from like we're in the truck. Preparation. I'll stand here. Yeah, you stand yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. Like if these terrorists put all this effort and energy into doing like a Broadway show, they'd probably make more money than they're trying to steal. Well, it's a very tough Yeah, business, that's Mark. that's the that's Not the real tragedy can write a Hamilton, movie. you know. You got yeah. Hans Gruber can do it, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Hans Gruber's got if he didn't die by getting thrown out a window, I feel like he would have a Hamilton in. He's got a Hamilton in him for sure. So yeah, footwork. <laughs> I'll put in another hundred because the footwork in this movie is so iconic. I think so. Hundred. I'll give it a ninety-three. Ninety-three. Um, I'm I think you gotta go a hundred. Also, just Carl. Wa- I love when there's just, they cut to Carl walking across the rooftop with his gun pointed up, like he's like a grand hunter or something. Uh, it's so like uh, like oh he has it's one of those shots you're like he has dance training. Oh, that's another <laughs> actually. I know we've already covered vibrato, but that was another very vibrato thing of why did that guy need a bigger machine gun? It's like <laughs> it is just very extra that he assembled yeah. a bigger machine gun in the elevator. Why? Yeah. Why? why did he need that? I got to tell you, Die Hard just scored a 97.67 in vibrato, which is the highest in our last 13 movies okay. since we've updated the scoring system. All right. This next category might be tough. Animal print. How would you rate the animal print in Die Hard? Do um, we see any? I didn't see any, but I, I'm often, I miss things. I think that the, <laughs> okay, so two things. I think that both both nude women that you see in the movie might have been wearing some level of animal print. I feel like the um, the woman that was like uh, that was having sex in the office, hooking up at the office, f- uh-huh. yeah, hooking up in the office. I feel like just like this is to my memory. I feel like her dress might have been kind of leopard print e, and um, the uh, nude woman who was like tacked up to the wall in the construction uh-huh. area. I feel like she had some. Like though it though it might not have been animal print, I feel like she was like in a jungle, so I think it was evocative. I think there was like print. a snake in the I shot. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, she yeah. had big Sheena energy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. So and, you know, that's me. That's me definitely like grasping at first. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> grasping at first. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I guess 20, 15, 15. I'm gonna say fifteen. Fifteen. I'll say eight because I didn't really clock anything, but. It's possible I missed um, it. Yeah, I'm gonna say five. Nine point given an average of nine point three three, tying it with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Okay. Uh, wait, what did it get on footwork, by the way? What was our footwork <laughs> average? Oh, ninety-seven point sixty-seven. Yay. Which is uh very the highest high, we've gotten in the last. The highest we've gotten in a while. <laughs> All right, next category. Jolie, on a scale of zero to hundred, how likely are you to recommend Die Hard to a gay person? Uh, I mean, I guess that that's sort of, I, I, I guess that there, there are two different parts to it. Cause it's like, mm. you <laughs> know, for me it. to, so like, 
for it, how, like, what is my likelihood of, of recommending this to a human would be a hundred. It's a classic, you know, it's a great movie. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that there are a lot of movies that I've seen where I'm just like, you know, who needs to watch this? A gay person. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't think like Die Hard didn't clock for that for me, but I don't think a lot of movies would clock like that for me. Have you ever seen either of the Mamma Mia's? Uh, I actually have not seen either Mamma Mia. Oh, That's you see those, okay, you'll think, you you'll know who's like, to see this. Who are my gay person. friends? I got to call them right now. <laughs> Make sure. So, so I, I would say, I would say uh, 50 by virtue of like, I would recommend it as a good movie, but not like a, I would not be like, this is a gotcha. gay movie, you know? So it's like 50 on 50. likelihood of recommending to a gay person. And the, I would be just as likely to recommend this to a gay person as I would any person. Understood. Except for somebody whose family was murdered by gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> Probably fair. At a holiday Christmas party. You might be like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, at a it. holiday Christmas party in 1988 <laughs> in an office in Los Angeles. I'd be like, oh, maybe not. Just watch Elf well, again just, instead. Right. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you've just described every gay person. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> That's oh, what no. makes us gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, no. <laughs> John, uh, I'll go 50 as well. I think it's like a good movie for like the reference and the sort of iconicness of it. And I do think it's a good movie, but there's nothing about it that is like, oh, you need to know this as a gay person. But like 50 feels right. Right. Um, I'm going to go 55 just because I think it's a John thinks it could lose 15 minutes. I think it's a perfect film. I love it. I think it's great. I also love Richard Thornburg a lot. I think there's a fun there's a fun creep in this movie. The reporter. Oh, yeah. I think he's great. So I'm going to give it an, an average of 51.67. Tying it with mermaids. OK. okay. Actually, I'm going to wait. Can I can I bump up my score to 60? You may. Sure. Now that you've made that point, and it's like, oh, there is that kissing man. So there is representation. <laughs> you will be seen. <laughs> yeah, I feel seen. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, that is, I'll, I'll say 60. All right. Give it an average of 55, kicking in the teeth of mermaids, okay. Connor in the net. All right. Now we are into the wheel category. So these are all categories that previous guests have brought on. We put them on this wheel, which exists on an app on my phone, and we're going to yeah, spin yeah, it, yeah. whatever. Four categories we randomly come up with is how we're going to judge this movie. I am so nervous. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and at the end, you're going to add a category, Joey, that we will use for Die Hard and every movie going forward, because it will be then added to the wheel. Okay, the first one is non-traditional murder weapons. Okay, well, there's a lot of uh, mostly guns. guns. Mostly guns. Traditional. There's the, there's the chain, the chain around the guy's neck. Um, you know, I would say that that guy gets killed probably from getting thrown out the window and onto the, the roof of a cop car. So gravity. Is yeah, a, gravity. That's kind of traditional, say. though. I would say a wired roof, a roof of a skyscraper wired to explode, is a pretty non-traditional way to kill somebody. True. I haven't seen down that the stairs, before. which is how like kind of the first guy dies, right? I mean, oh. have you seen that movie, The Staircase? Though that's pretty that's traditional. True. That documentary is it traditional, or did it happen one other time? I think it's Psycho. It happens. Right. We've seen it. That's pretty well represented. That's so I, I think that there is one thing that I think gives this a higher score than I initially thought, and that's going to be a wristwatch. Thank you, the Rolex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans Gruber gets Pays killed off. by. Yeah, yeah. That's also just a good setup and payoff of like, oh, that's her letting go of the. That life, right. that world. And even, um, yeah, he yeah. also says, I'll look at it later. I'm sure she'll show it to me later. And he sees it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like the wristwatch to me probably like honestly bumps it up a ton of points. I'm going to say 
55 that sounds 55 i'm gonna say there's not a lot of murders in this movie that you're like i didn't see that coming but the wristwatch does give you something so i'll give it a 40 for the wristwatch what about the roof wired with explosives that blows up the fbi guys in the helicopter you've seen that a million times i've seen yeah explosives in a building yes no i'm talking specifically wired to a roof okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm maintaining my score what was was it i believe it was 40 40. I was sad when um I was sad when Bruce Willis's wife's boss died. That honestly we like him. Watched, that was sad. Uh, yeah. watched, I forgot about that. I forgot that he died. And he but gets... that gives the movie stakes. Otherwise, we yeah, wouldn't take these need to have Because also right. that actor is really good, I think, because as soon as you yeah. see him, you like him right away. Yeah. And he feels like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> he has that energy. Like, he has that like, gravitas right, yeah. to him. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so I think I said um, 60. Yeah. You said 55. Oh, 55. I'm cool with that. Uh, but I'm going to give it a 60 for that wired roof. They gave it an <laughs> average of 51.67. All right. Spin that wheel again, John. Non-traditional murder weapons is from the talented Mr. Ripley featuring uh, John's husband. That's true. All right. Intensely close conversations. Intensely close conversations. Oh, this gets uh, this gets a pretty high score for that in that um, I feel like every conversation that Bruce Willis has with his wife is intensely cr- close. <laughs> have a couple um, of terrorists. Those. Terrorists have a lot of intensely close conversations. That's true. Um, pretty much every um, Reginald Vell Johnson conversation between cop <laughs> to cop is intensely close. They're all huddled um, around that car. Yeah, all huddled around that car. Uh, Bruce Willis and um, uh, Hans Gru- and uh, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber, um, is intensely close before Bruce Willis knows that he's Hans Gruber. That's like very intensely close because they're like pressed together. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of elevator conversations among the t- terrorists that are intensely close. <laughs> so. I'm going to say a 90. 90. I feel like there's not a ton of intensely close conversations. And most of the conversations you think of when you think of this movie are like over the radio, like over sort of like communication devices. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 35. 35. Um, I'm going to go 70. I'm, I do believe there are some, but not a ton. Given an average of 65. All right, Intensely Close Conversations is from Armageddon with Aaron Whitehead. Uh, okay, here we go. Shattered Glass. Okay. Oh, one, I mean, 100, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, 100. This is, once again, the Shattered Glass in this movie is iconic. He right. walks through it with his bare feet close it's like up. part of the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. There's also it's that like one can... shot where the stuntman flies like head first into the Shattered Glass. Yeah, which yeah, is that's crazy. super cool. Uh, I mean, the roof of a building explodes, showering glass yeah. everywhere. It's great. The guy uh, following you know, on the car. Yeah, the guy following <laughs> yep. on the car breaks the window and the window of the car. Uh, I feel like probably the windshield of the limo shatters when it crashes into the side of the ambulance. So yeah, yep. 100. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very confident in that 100. <laughs> I'm going to go 99 just because it's not John Wick 3. I do rewatching this though. I do think this might have more than John Wick. Have you seen John Wick three? Oh yeah, John have Wick I, three yeah. is incredible. You have John? I have. Yes, we might have wow. seen it together. Um, I don't think so. I saw it with Betsy. Uh, okay. I'm giving it a uh, hundred, giving an average of ninety nine point sixty seven. Wow, did you luck out with that one? Yes. <laughs> Shattered glasses from Suspiria episode, the twenty eighteen Suspiria. Okay, sassy best friend. Oh, I mean, the, the closest would be Argyle. 
Argyle. Argyle is pretty sassy, but he's not like, like a best friend. But he's kind of like Bruce Willis, the function only of a friend, best friend in L.A. Yeah, who's well, not Bonnie Bedelia. Is Reginald Vell Johnson sassy in this? He's more wry, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Ellis is nobody's best friend. No. Yeah, who, is Ellis well, the he's cocaine sassy. guy? He's the yeah. cokehead. He's definitely sassy. I mean, he's a best friend uh, to cocaine. But Ellis, but Ellis treats himself like he acts like he's Bruce Willis's best friend. That's in the, true. Yeah. So like, originally when you said this, that's I was true. like, oh, that's going to cost us a lot. But I think but we're like, supposed to suspect that he and Bonnie Bedelia might be having a thing. No way. You're crazy. That is. I think not it's supposed to potentially. Well, I will. I, what I found out was this: in the book that this movie is based on, it's not uh, the John McClane character. It's not his his estranged wife it's his daughter and so in the book the daughter and the character that is ellis are a couple or are like dating uh-huh um i don't know why i, don't I told think you that but i found movie. that information it is you're correct it is not it's different <laughs> yeah i think uh, keeping ellis in mind and uh and argyle in mind i feel like those two characters together i would put that at a 40 40 i'm gonna give it 20 for argyle 20. Uh, I'm going to give it 30 right down the middle. Give it an average of 30. Okay. All right, Joey, the time has come for you to add a category, which we will then add to the wheel and potentially make canon or a bonus category. In the uh, okay, so um, I'm going to say uh, overly friendly conversations with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so what do you think are good examples of that? So in Die Hard, I think that the weird conversation with the guy next to him on the plane that's just like, oh, hey, yeah. take your shoes off and squeeze it against the carpet. Uh, you know, I think that like really everybody that John McClane meets in this movie, it's like he's fairly friendly with Argyle. He's fairly friendly with- Sits in the um, front seat. Yes, yeah, sits mm -hmm. in the front seat. Um, it's like Reginald straight flirting. Johnson. Yeah, like yeah. Reginald, I guess straight flirting is like a good- <laughs> That's a good like uh, catch all installation, right? Yeah, Should I just yeah. Call it that straight flirting. Yeah, straight like, flirting. That's what you want to call this category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like that. Reginald Vell Johnson. I feel like there's a lot of straight flirting there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that I know this category is for this movie, but I would say in this movie, like, yeah, like a seventy. Seventy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you could also argue that uh, Bruce Willis and uh, what's his Hans. name Hans Gruber, like, oh, yeah. there's something sort of like. Will they want they about the two of them? A master sub relationship. Actually, yeah. definitely. Uh, that's I'm up in this to 75. That's a good, 75. That's a good point. Uh, I'll give it a I'll give it an 80 because I feel like Bruce Willis just sort of like as a movie star just sort of flirts as a default setting. With the um that one uh he has two flirtatious moments like, on the plane with the stewardess. True. Like there's like but a, I think he's I, even I, like super the, friendly with like whoever he runs into. Like he's always like trying to charm people. <laughs> sure. Not anymore, not for the last 30 years in the movies, but he used to try. <laughs> All right, now we're into the bonus category. So these categories are just bonus. So if it doesn't score well, it won't penalize the category, but it's just gonna be, we're now going from zero to 10. So it's that percentage bonus of the points that it already has for these categories. Oh, okay, got it. All right, the first one, makeover montage. How would you rate Die Hard for makeover montages? Uh, I think that like the closest thing this has to a makeover montage would be it's not a montage, but like when he dresses up the dead body as Santa Claus, uh, not <laughs> a montage, makeover. but it is a, a makeover. That is a makeover. Um, <laughs> For sure. Uh, and then I feel like there's kind of a montage to him, like pulling the glass out of his bloody feet. And like, that's I guess that's a makeover from like uh, glassy feet to not glassy feet. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I'd say a three. A three. Uh, I don't think there's a lot. I'll give it a 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. Um, yeah, I'll give it a one for the, the ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Uh, give an average of one point five percent. All right, the next one: cheerworthy cameos. I mean, I think that I know that it's not a cameo, but Reginald Val Johnson's gun at the end—that's <laughs> a. We do cheer. cheer for that. Yeah, we cheer for that, and I guess <laughs> we're meant to cheer. Should we? Yeah, supposed yeah. to? That's true. Uh, yeah. Once again, I would say this so is worthy of that cheer, right? I yeah, think so. I would say that's a. I mean, he learned to kill again. Yay. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, wait a second. Now that you, now that you phrase it like yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like two. Uh, two. I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm gonna have to go zero on this one. Zero. What about when um they mentioned Wolfgang? What's his face? Ellis or new? Yeah, Thornburg mentions Wolfgang. it's yeah. Wolfgang. I'm friends with also she's in two scenes, so it's not quite, but Gail Wallen, the female newscasters, our friend Mary Ellen Trainer from Death Becomes Her. Oh, oh nice. so many people, so many crossovers awesome. for this movie. And also oh. comic actor Rick Overton as the power guy from the Burbs. Uh, also, okay. I mean, Run DMC is in the soundtrack. Like I kind of cheered when like Christmas and Hollis played. You sure. know, we talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. What are you giving it, John? Uh uh, a point five for Christmas time and Hollis. A Queens. point five. I yeah. got a point five out of you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's one we're definitely we're definitely making meals out of crumbs with this category. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll give it a three. I'm giving it a three. Three for what? one. I just told you, Rick Overton. Okay. And Mary Ellen Trainer, even though she's in two, she's but that's more than one. Okay. Her... And then mentioning uh, Wolfgang, I thought that was funny. All right, next category: pool trouble. Okay, there well, is there's... the. Yeah, there's Before the waterfall. mentioned waterfall. Yeah, yeah. He and like have to dive into it to escape an implosion. Explosion. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it also it's not in good shape. Like it, it gets in trouble after the building explodes. That's it's true. Like, you know, it's like there's leaky pipes everywhere. So they're like, gonna have to change that filter. Yeah. So like I'd say five. A five. Uh, I'll give it a one for that waterfall. A one. He has to dive into it to escape an yeah, explosion. It's a pool. Sure. Sure. She, I think your bias is coming through, John. Okay, Mark. We're going to hear from fans. Um, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> Giving it a 3.33. Tying it with uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, three points higher than The Shining. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because The Shining doesn't have a pool. It just has a water. It has just right. snow, you know. <laughs> All right, next category. This one might be tough. Witches. How witchy is Die Hard? I mean, I would say maybe Hans Gruber has a kind of witchy energy in terms of like the architect of this plan. There's like some something and the fact that he's always reading from his little book. Yeah, I'm going to say something kind of like a witchy there, but not okay. a lot. We're really okay, grasping. So, okay, yeah, so this is, a, this is a stretch, but um, uh, witches, you know, I feel like from my understanding, primarily come from like kind of like just like Wiccan religions and Wiccan stuff, which have a European from origin um and a lot of like witch stories were about like basically like you know it's just like making the other seem weird it's just like there's this weird lady <laughs> sure. she's up to no good because mm -hmm. she's weird um so you know by virtue of these being european terrorists who like you know for like us americans are sure. supposed to be immediately villains because they have accents and <laughs> sure, long hair yeah. um you know i think that that 
honestly makes this seem kind of like if you were like really dive in a little bit witchy, um, you know, nobody really flies around on a broomstick. You know, people get thrown out of windows, but I wouldn't necessarily say that counts. But I think that in like the root core of like why we don't like these villains is similar to yes. the root core of why we're not supposed to like witches in traditional stories. Mm, okay. I would say in terms of witchiness, this is a six. A six. Um, You're the other. I will give it a 0.5 for the argument that you wow, just John. gave. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Well, they say that um, you made, you know, Elizabeth Bathory. She's like, because called like the blood countess. I forget what year. Like she's like considered like the female counterpart to Dracula. They, yeah, they yeah. used to say she like bathed in blood to like keep her youth. But like historians have since come out and said like, no, she was just powerful and people were afraid of a powerful woman. So they would make up these crazy stories about her. Yeah, I feel like if you were to, in a post-apocalyptic post world where we don't have any media, but people are telling stories of Die Hard like it's some old legend, <laughs> I feel uh -huh. like we would bestow magical properties <laughs> to the terrorists sure. just by virtue of how like legends go. So right. like, you know, in that, you know, you're saying about the blood countess, I feel like that would happen to Die Hard a hundred years from now, assuming sure. that like, we only kind of tell Die Hard from like, via the game of telephone. From, yeah, from like cave paintings. Or yeah, we have yeah, to yeah, infer exactly. from the poster, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the next category, gay actors playing gay roles. <laughs> I mean. Well, there's the kissing man. Do we know yeah. what, did we, what did your research find on him? I'm looking at P. Randall Bowers is his name. Okay. Um, oh, he's also in Die Hard 2. And he's oh, in nice. he's done a lot of Bruce work for he's Bruce Willis's stand-in. Oh, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. That really colors that, that whole exchange that a little differently, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Um, that's all the information I have so far. <laughs> it, it, um, it colors that ex that whole exchange in a weird way of Bruce Willis wasn't comfortable being kissed on the cheek by a male stranger. <laughs> he was like, right? it must be a somebody. Of himself. Yeah, it must be my it must be me that I'm being kissed so by. So you're saying <laughs> yes. So you're saying this guy's career is basically just being a stand-in for Bruce Willis. Looks like he's an actor on Twitter. He calls himself a home renovation restoration enthusiast. Okay. He's a dachshund dad, political and social justice enthusiast, authentic and present person. Okay. okay. So I'll give it a one. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. I'll, I'll also go for one. A one for uh, the progressive politics projection. Yes. Randall Bowers. <laughs> I'll also give it a one. Uh, all right, next category: themes of mothers. Well, there's. Holly, I mean, there is sort of the subplot of like lady. going to the daughter, you know, like the daughter, the the news reporter going to the daughter, and that sort of um, thwarting or putting people at risk. So there's a little bit. Um, there is also the. Sorry, I have an update. I have an update. P. Randall Bowers on October twelfth, two thousand twenty, pointed posted a picture that said, "If being gay was a choice, I'd be gayer." So he's gay. Yes. I, okay. So that gets ten. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's one hundred percent. There's one gay character, one prop, maybe gay character in the movie, uh, and he's played by a gay man. So that gives it a ten. One hundred percent. A ten. Do you want to update your score, John? I'm gonna uh, hold strong at one because he really has he's an under five. Um, <laughs> but for all the gay roles, they are all one hundred percent played mm -hmm. by gay men. Yeah. 
I'm, you know? I'm gonna stay, look, stay strong with the one. Look, wow. if this was Real Hans Gruber over here, I, I, I guess it might be something where, like, if that was a native character who had one line, he was played by a native actor. Like native Hollywood would cheer and throw yeah. a parade. Sure. So it's sort okay. of like looking at it through that lens. It's we're just hungry like, for scraps. Yeah, hungry right. for scraps. So yes, I will. Especially in the eighties, like yeah, yes. I, I give. I stick by my ten. I'm gonna up, up it to a seven. Given an average of six, which is the highest we've had in 14 <laughs> movies. Do better, Hollywood, as I keep saying. Yeah, we are celebrating far <laughs> below the whatever yeah. the bar should be. It shouldn't be this high. I know? legitimately Low. cheered in my seat, if you look back at the video, at the idea that this was played by this character is played by a gay man. Like, yes. All we're going off of is one little gif meme he posted, but good enough. All right, what were we saying about themes of mothers themes of mothers themes of, so uh themes of mothers i do think that there is some symbolism when he goes into the air vent of being reborn again um, oh all um, right so Film theory yeah 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 so like you know I, with that in mind i would say i mean it's about like a mother is essentially the co-lead and it's about like you know it's about parenthood but like it's like about the mother like uh, you know, like wanting to be her own woman while also being a good parent to her kids. Sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, and in the end, she rejects that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing though. It's like, yeah, when she takes up the Rolex, I'm not sure if that's a good thing that she's like rejects professional. Life. It goes back to McLean. Yeah, uh, McLean, a very bloody and weird man who's probably a sociopath. <laughs> He's gonna need a lot of therapy. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he is. I don't think that that affected him in any way. <laughs> no, felt nothing. <laughs> he felt no emotions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a six. I think a six. A six. Not until we <laughs> plaza as womb. <laughs> uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a point five just for your argument. Point five. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. You think you think Die Hard is all about motherhood? I'm not saying it's all about. I'm only going okay, to go two. Oh, all right. <laughs> but I'm just noticing a theme. I'm with saying there are five. themes of motherhood. <laughs> yes. Sure. All right. Next category. You might do very well here. Dramatic smoking. Oh yeah, one hundred. I mean ten. <laughs> it's constant, and he's so. Yeah. It's such like a western. He's like smoking like a cowboy. You know, he's like smoking like he's in like a Gary Cooper movie. And it's it's not just dramatic smoking cigarettes. It's also dramatic smoking from gun barrels. Yes. Like when Reginald Mel Johnson shoots yeah. that guy, it's like legit. <laughs> you see the barrel of the gun and it's like there's a billow of smoke coming out of it. I guess they used like a new, and this movie was like, they used a new kind of blank that was like super loud. And like, that's why you have the big like flares at the end of the guns, which is like a new thing for the time. And I guess now Bruce Willis is like, 66% deaf in one of his ears because of this movie. <laughs> <Because> of the... <laughs> I mean, honestly, wow. as a viewer, worth, worth it. it. <laughs> worth it. Thank you, Bruce. Um, there's also, after they blow up the building, when Bruce Willis climbs out of the pool, the pool, that's like dramatic smoke, you know. That's him coming out of the placenta. Right, right. Yeah, it's him Back to motherhood. Born again a second time. <laughs> Baptism, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I think, yeah, 10. I think 10. 10.5, John? Uh, no, I'm going to say, I mean, like Bruce, you know, he smokes in the airport. He smokes in the limo. Robert Davi, one of the, uh, the FBI agents has the, we like, love Robert Davi. you know, um, but I still don't think it's like a huge movie with a lot of dramatic smoking. So I'll give it a four. Wow. True lunacy in action. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight, give it an average of 7.33. All right. Yay. Final in the bonus categories. Quips. How quippy. Is Die Hard? 
uh, I mean, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Uh, I feel like a lot of Hans Gruber lines are quippy. The iconic yippee ki Melon Farmer. I mean, I feel like that's just, a, that's like a, that's like a top tier yes, movie. Like exactly. in the history yeah, of movies, that's like a top yeah, 10 yeah. movie quip. Those stupid yeah. AFI lists, this will be the top 10 of one of those. There. Yeah. So I'd say by virtue of that, 10. 10. Uh, I'll give it an eight for quips. John, coming out of your shell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was being shy before now, but now I feel comfortable. Oh, you could come out. <laughs> I'm going to give you. it a 10 because there is pretty much it is that action movie thing of like a, a one liner after every kill. Yeah, they're really it's like, I don't know. What is the thing of like you? It's like when John McClane kills the guy from under the table, the guy says um, you shouldn't have hesitated. Yeah. And John McClane fucking murders his legs. And then he <laughs> says noted or something. Thanks for the advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, who is he saying that to? Like, I, he's a psychopath. <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah, he's. Who was he smiling to when he looked at the know. Santa hat and dressed up a dead body that he just murdered as Santa Claus? Maybe they. Yeah, why did we like cut another, away from that scene? Maybe yeah. they need another Die Hard where it's revealed like he knows he's in a movie. It's almost like a last action hero kind of thing this whole time. Oh yeah, right. just a pitch. All right, finally. Second to final, we are into the iconic categories. So we're back to zero to 100, and these are like the bigger categories, the sort of more umbrella categories. All right. The first one on a scale of zero to 100, Joey, how homoerotic is Die Hard? Uh, I mean, look, we've already talked about the kissing, man. <laughs> I, I would say, honestly, because of like, it, it's something I was thinking about a lot when this, when, when choosing this movie, I feel like there just is so much like phallic imagery and there is the, the theme of dominance is so mm -hmm. potent in this movie. So sure. like, you know, with that regard, I would say, eh, I think like a 40. 40. Yeah, I think with the movie itself, it's just kind of the party goer guy. But I think also like Die Hard as a movie would translate so well into gay porn so easily. And so yeah, seamlessly. it's called Die Hard. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just that. There's just like every if you think of every action sequence is like a different, you know, like sex sequence. Scene. It really goes, you know, like it really scans really easily. So I will give it. Um, but the movie itself is not super homoerotic. Yeah, but I will give it a, I'll give it a 68. 68. Wow. So I'll, bump it, I'll bump it up to 50 then. Like I, I do 60. think, and actually, no, I'll say, actually, no, I'll say, I'll, I'll agree with that 68. I'll jump up to 68. 68. Um, yeah, because I, I think it is, it's like an undertone thing. It is an undertone thing. That's why I'm going to give it a 35. It's too Heck. undertone for me. Oh, your bias is really coming that. through, Mark. Hardly. This is the one low thing I've scored. I give an average of 57, which is 50 points higher than mermaids. Okay. Okay. All right, next in the iconic categories, over the top wardrobe. Uh, over there's the top wardrobe. As we said, there was the, there's a lot of male shoulder pads in this movie. Yeah, sure, a lot of shoulder pads. Uh, and I also suits. think like just the fact that like there is like a weird sort of plot twist about a Rolex. Sure. So there's something about like Rolex is our given over the top, like a right? like a, a higher status than maybe you know like for the than you might expect them in real life. So there's something I, I, there, you know what I mean? Well, it, so it's over the top. War. I also do feel like 
when the movie was made, I don't think the intent of John McClane's wardrobe was to be over the top, but I feel right. like because it's so on- iconic, it's become over the top. <laughs> yeah. Like the lack of shoes. Is there a more bold? You want a bold shoe choice? How yeah. about no shoes? Yeah. Uh, bold shoe. Uh, yeah. Bold shoe tra- uh, choice is no shoes. Also broken glass and blood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's bold. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think on that? Um, I don't think it, there's much here. It's all because no, that's I not agree. really what it's about, and it all looks like very like of the time. Right, but nothing's and like really also, crazy. It's I think any time like a movie is sort you know? of set in like a, a very limited time, like one night, people don't have an opportunity to give you multiple looks, so it's hard right. to sort of like get have more opportunities for looks. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty like not too crazy. Like uh, if you saw someone wearing any of those clothes on the street, you wouldn't be like, "That's what's going? What's that story there?" So for me, I'll give it um, 35. 35. I, I do think the the European terrorists, I feel like, have very like <laughs> iconic. It's just like a lot, they are, they're all wearing essentially like black turtlenecks with like gold chains and stuff. Like it is just very like Euro trash terrorist. Very well terror- tailored. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say, I'm going to say 45. 45. Uh, I'm going to go 25. On this, uh, more bias. John said 35, mm-hmm. given an average of 35. All right, finally, on a scale of zero to 100, how campy is Die Hard? Uh, campy. I mean, <laughs> I think that, like, the one, once again, I'm leaning on this a lot, but I feel like dressing a dead body as Santa Claus <laughs> for a bit sure. is and drawing on his chest is, I feel like that's campy. Sure. I think, uh, what's his name? The, the Ellis, like, as the could be like, Booby, we're going to do that. You know, like his, like, yeah, he's super guy. campy. He's super sort of like really leans into that in a fun way. Yeah. I think that like everything Alan Rickman does has some level of camp to it. Fair. Yes. Like, it's just the way that, like, the nasally way he talks. It's just like, it's just <laughs> like, there's just like a little to it. Um, he's just was his scenery. first movie, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he started acting when he was in his mid-40s, I think. Um, yeah, uh, Alan Rickman, uh, campy. I think that, like, I think that Argyle is weirdly played a little campy. Like, I think that his limo, very broad, the giant yeah. bear. Yeah, the giant bear. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, we're grasping at straws. So I would say, like, 20. 20. I would say it's like a kind of like a straight campy movie and the fact that, like, all of those beats are sort of very extra- but yeah, it's not like super fun, campy. I'll give it a, I'll give it a twenty as well. Twenty. Yeah, yeah that's. I, I actually had a, um, uh, I had a, a long conversation with uh, like our, our mutual friend Matt Mazzani about mm. this movie as it relates to like, it's like I never really thought of straight camp as a term until fairly until it was pointed out to me like within the past <laughs> week, and I'm like, yeah, this is very. It's like straight camp, which isn't like, fun, you know, yeah. That's like a lot of it's a different kind of fun. I feel but yeah. Fit yeah. All right, here's my quick list of campy things I noticed. Office Christmas parties, fancy parties where waiters walk around with food and drinks on trays, <laughs> poinsettias, having a room devoted to scale models, placing a bet <laughs> with a coworker on whether your boss is going to shoot someone, an AMPM clerk being very judgmental over your snack hall, Harvey Johnson, a newscaster who doesn't know where Helsinki is, turning around and saying, Gennaro, Miss Gennaro, feeling <laughs> insecure due to the withering glance of a stuffed bear, a peckish hostage taker, the name Dwayne, a sleazy 80s cokehead execs and 
sincerely using the word capiche. The book Hostage <laughs> Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage, A Study on Duality. Two FBI agents named Johnson. Christmas tape saves the day. And finally, the beauty of Al being able to kill again. Mm. So there's a lot of fun. This is the campiest thing I've ever seen. No, but I'm going to give it a 40 in camp. I think there's some fun stuff here. Oh, Give it okay, a 26.67. Like all right, finally, we're into the crown jewels. Yeah, so these categories, we all agree on. It's yes or no. There's no uh, scale. It's just we all agree or not. I guess we're a jury. Got it. Yes. We are a jury. Mm -hmm. Three angry men. <laughs> yes. All right. First one, 15% bonus point for a positive portrayal of homosexuality. Does Die Hard have a positive portrayal of homosexuality? I mean, that, that kissing man seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would, because I don't think that's quite doing enough. Of yeah, the I, to yeah. Me it doesn't, it's not negative. I wouldn't call it a homophobic movie. No. Yeah, but like John McClane's, I don't know, John McClane's reaction is like, it's like on a, an edge. So I would say, no. I mean, I want it yeah. to be yes, but I would say. He no. also <laughs> makes some disparaging comments about being butt fucked at some point, as if that right, makes right. you weak. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't remember all that All the part. strongest men's I know. <laughs> right. Finally, negative 50% if this is the movie Boat Trip. This is not the movie Boat Trip, so it will not be penalized 50% of its points. All right, not the movie Boat Trip. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right. All right, that that's is it, Joy. How do you think you did? Um, so, I mean, there were a lot of high categories, a lot of low categories. I'm, sure. I'm going to stick to my, I think that this is, I don't think that this cleared number one, but I <laughs> feel like it's probably either two or three. Of the Christmas movies, you mean? Yeah, of the Christmas okay. movies. All right. Well, I will tell you exactly how you did. Out of a total possible 2,406.93 points, Die Hard has scored 1,569.60, giving it a percentage of 65.21, making it the 25th gayest movie ever. Not as gay as, bear with me, not as gay as Bring It On, but gayer than Ginger Snaps. And it is also behind Meet Me in St. Louis. Meet Me in St. Louis has 66.49. Die Hard has 65.21. So close. So 1.28. So it's wow. the second gayest, percentage the second gayest, second gayest Christmas, Christmas movie. movie we've got. Yes, second that's exactly gayest what I Christmas thought. Movie. That's exactly what Ooh, I thought. Yes. That was hard to do. <laughs> I'm so, I, like, I, 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 I earnestly was like, I feel like this movie will score high. <laughs> I think it did pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I think I think you were helping. You got that shattered glass. The shattered glass definitely. Oh really, yeah, the shattered glass really came in. Really, really came, came in, in the clincher. You really did well. There. Christmas came early with that shattered glass spin. Yeah. Christmas was saved. Um, Joey, thank you so much for doing yes. this. Been a pure de delight to have you. Is there anything you'd like to plug, promote, or shill for at this time? Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun. Um, let's see. I guess I'll promote. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainment. You can follow me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five or six eyes. I forget. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see. Uh, other stuff to promote. Um, no, I don't think I, I don't think I've got a ton of uh, other stuff to promote right now. Uh, just uh, like wait, is this going to drop in? Uh, wait, is this going to drop in November or December? December, December. the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm going to uh, we're recording this in November, which is Native American Heritage Month, 
So I'm going to promote, if you did nothing to celebrate Native American Heritage <laughs> Month in November, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Joey. And we'll, we'll be, be right, right back. <laughs> We're back. That was fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> Sorry, you don't like Die Hard. I did think it was like just a little bit too long, even though like I get like the switch watchness of it. I get how like every beat of it is either setting Everything something up off. or paying something off. Like all that is good, but I just this for some reason this time watching it, I found myself being a little impatient at times. Maybe well, it's just it the world that we're living in. Who knows? I mean, you watched it a few days before the election, I'm assuming. It's, I watched it yesterday. So, yeah. That, that'll do it. Later. That'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Um, speaking of doing it, we got a review on iTunes. Uh, this one comes from AJY Pickled Surface. Uh, okay. Five stars says, this is such an intricate and phenomenal premise. I love the series so much. I originally was going to watch the episodes with my favorite guests, but after the first episode, I watched Paul of Tompkins, naturally. I had to watch the rest of them immediately. Very, very, very glad I stumbled across this wonderful podcast. Well, thank you, AJY Pickle That's Service. That's so nice. That's very sweet. We're glad you stumbled across our podcast as well. Thank you to PFT for uh, bringing yes, him in. Exactly. He's a real inflection point for a lot of people. He's a great inflection point. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, if you haven't yet, uh, we would love it if you guys would go on iTunes and rate it five stars and give us a fun review. That really helps the algorithm and helps people find uh, our podcast. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or follow us. Excuse me. That's follow true. us on Twitter or Instagram at two old queens, CWO old queens. You can follow me on Letterboxd where I maintain the current rankings and all the categories and all that stuff. Right. If you have any questions or thoughts or things you want to tell us, you can email us at two old queens, CWO old queens at gmail.com. We also have uh, merch. If you go to T public and search two old queens, you can find a lot of fun, uh, all kinds of knickknacks and delightful things you can get as gifts for yourself or for loved ones for the holidays. And we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash two old queens, a whole new episode every Monday. That's true. It's very exciting. There you go. That's it. Well, let's uh, let's go watch the news, John. Let's go let's see, see what's, where we what's, at. Where the world is at. You listening to this, you already know. You um, know, we don't know, but we're about to find out. We're about to find out. Be safe. That's all we can hope for. That's true. All righty. I hope the sweet greens that's been boarded up on Hollywood Boulevard is okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we can hope. Uh, all righty. Good. Good. Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Connie Shin. And special thanks to Alex Archer and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.